Okay, today I'm joined by hopefully a familiar voice in these walls and hopefully a familiar voice after this conversation, the one and only Ruan Laba. How are you today? Good afternoon, my man. Doing very well. Uh, absolute privilege to be here with you guys and looking forward to having a good chat. Okay. Did I say your name correct? Because I, I usually get some, you know, mispronunciation and sometimes people won't let that go. I just need to say no, that. No, no, 100%. 100%. That's, that's correct. Okay, and how does it feel to be back in these wars, you know, nostalgia or just, uh, you know, good riddance vibes, you never know. No, no, but, but a nostalgia, you know, the bunny's looking not as we want it to be looking, <laughs> but the quad is fresh as always, you know, the, the, the quad is the, the pride of the house, um, sitting in the hawker room, you know, seeing the pictures, um, brings back memories of some very late nights, some very interesting decisions that had to be made. Mm. Um, and in the moment, maybe, maybe a big deal, but looking back, really cool, cool memories. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. And even like, as I was, you know, checking up on you, just reading what you're about and everything. Shout out to your LinkedIn profile. I mean, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he is wearing his blazer and his tie from Indrok as he was part of the HK committee. And I actually have a thing that people should actually start wearing their merch, house merch on LinkedIn profiles. You never know. Maybe <laughs> even the orange jersey could get you some places, right? Surely. I mean, you knew what you were doing when you were having that specific photo. You knew. A hundred percent. I must say, I have actually gotten some stick for having my, my Iandrach merch on the LinkedIn. But if I'm being honest, you know, like, where am I going to find the time to just take another picture? Right. Uh, <laughs> working hard, working hard. Um, you know, a lot of people say nine to five, but I'd say it's more of a, a seven to seven to eight, seven to nine, especially when you're starting out. So, so loving it. Um, and I must say the LinkedIn profile picture is not high on the priority list at the moment. But, but as, as time comes there, I definitely need to, to have a look at that. But you know what they say, you never fix what's not broken, right? If it's going well, then it's going well. You get, it's getting you places, that's what I'll say. Yeah. But anyways, just to get into it now, you're a financial planner right now, you know, and yes, uh, you graduated with a Bachelor of Commerce in Investments and Securities and even former treasurer of the house. Truly another high chief in the mixed people. And did I miss anything from that, you know, list of high achievements so far? No. Okay, he's going to throw in the humility card in there. <laughs> Fine, it's all right. I'm pretty sure there are more things to come and more things are already being done. So right now, um, you know, as I was like just researching, finding more about you, last year you were in the HK and uh, I think we only had, what, two months for us to meet. Uh, last year I was in first year, this year, second year, so maybe yeah. two months. Maybe I saw you a couple of times, but never really got into it. And um, I remember after we got into the whole lockdown, you, the HK started the wellness blog. And yeah. yeah, you posted a video of you, you know, suit and tie. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that, that's something. And I remember that was probably the time where every day it was just sweatpants, you know, sweatpants mm. having, and you spoke about a routine. Do you still keep that right now, even after you've left university and now you're working? Do you still keep that routine, waking up at even five, I remember? Yeah, 100%. I must say um, I was in the privileged position to have that routine set. And it was something I was trying to instill while at res. And so lockdown came around and I was still doing my thing, you know, waking up at five, um, having my quiet time, hitting the gym, um, you know, trying to, to stay fit, stay healthy. 
um, keep busy, do productive things, meaningful work and whatnot. And it was only about three months in that I started to see the effects on like my mates and like the, the rest of the, the house committee and whatnot that I realized that, oh, I was actually busy with some fairly healthy things here. Um, and that's when I stumbled upon, obviously, let's call it the principles that I then gave to the house in that, in that wellness blog. But that's something I still live by, still get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, and yeah, it's, it's something that I'll definitely continue to do for the foreseeable future. Okay, okay. Yeah, hopefully I can also start doing that. 5 a.m. things, you know, but in the meantime, I think 7, I'll stick to 7. That, that's still good, right? Surely. Yeah. Anyways, um, so if money investments are going to come up in your life, which they should, obviously they should. Money makes the world go around. They don't lie. He is the man and we're here today because of you. You're here because of that. And there's no one better else to talk to about this. I love money. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they say money is the root of all evil. But yeah, it's true. I would, say, I would say money money is not bad. Yeah. I would say the love of money is the root of all evil. So I, maybe maybe just check that. But I like, think I think something I love to tell my clients is, you know, it, it boils down to money is amoral. So money doesn't make you a good or bad person. You, you are, you know, let's say individual and you have your desires and your things that you need to keep in check. So if, if you, for example, have... If you're a bad guy or, and you get more money, that's going to persist. Or if you're a good guy. For example, I think when you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. So yeah. if you're generous with a thousand rand, you'll be generous with a million rand. If you save with a thousand, you'll save with a million. However, if what I also see in, in my practice now um, with people coming in is Oaks earning big bucks, yet they don't have money. Because as their income scaled over the years, they had this habit of just spending. So, for example, if you can't save with a thousand, you're not going to be able to save with a million. Um, so it's not in that sense how much you make, but how much you keep. Um, and so just to get back to, to the original question with money, I think money doesn't play a factor in it. I think it just yeah. elevates what's already there. Ah, already into the deep, meaningful conversation. And that's how we like it. That's how we like it. Anyway, so just to get into it now, with the degree you uh, graduated last year from and with your current job, obviously there's a link, there's a pattern. That is probably where you go, financial planner, after studying BCom, investments and securities. Was that what you always wanted? Like uh, since from maybe high school, you was like, you know what, I really want to do this. This is my path. Or even were other forces compelling you to do that? Even parents, you know, sometimes they have a say in that. Yeah, um, that was definitely not the plan setting out. I think the normal course of action to becoming a financial planner would be you go study financial planning and you do your postgraduate in financial planning and then move into, into the space, as a lot of my colleagues have done. Um, I did investments, obviously, you know, coming up loving money, um, <laughs> which I definitely did do while at school. Um, you, you look at movies like The Wolf of Wall Street and whatnot, and you're like, big man, big asset manager, you know? Yeah. I want my slice of the pie. And it looked fun, I'm not gonna lie. I did have a knack since being a young kid, hustling, making money, more money. So I thought, you know, like, if I give this a shot, it might work out quite well. Um, and it was only actually in third year, once I got my degree, this was like in November, that I was like, okay, shucks, I don't wanna sit behind a computer, I don't wanna just analyze the things, I actually wanna work with people. And that's when I got the opportunity. I saw it actually as a as an FA opportunity at Liberty, 
Um, we have to write some tests to get the interview. Um, Praise the Lord did very well, and they actually then uh, placed me over to the Hereford group, um, which I did not know of at the time. Mm. And so I had a quick fire interview with them, and literally in the course of a few days, um, everything turned on his head from me, you know, going into the asset management space to becoming a financial planner. Mm. Wow. Wow. That, that's an amazing story. Just in November, you weren't even too sure of how it's going to turn now. But now, maybe six months, eight months later, now you're here. So you've only been working a couple of months at Hereford and uh, as a financial planner. What's that been like? You know, obviously it's different from just studying and everything. Now you're actually working. Mm. You know, you are meeting clients, talking to the people, even like dealing with what exactly you were studying just a few months before. What's that been like? 100% um, loving every moment of it. Big part of financial planning is obviously having a sit down, um, then sorting out the financial. So you start with like your budgeting, you look at your insurance, um, life cover and like short term insurance, the law we can go into there. Um, But the big thing being your investments, Um, love doing that. So that's been very much fun. And I think the big difference there when I mentioned I didn't want to be an asset manager per se is now like I actually have a personal relationship with my clients so they have my number they phone me up yes we chat business but every now and again you're like happy birthday how are you doing um you know a client canceled I know you live here let's grab a coffee and that's quite fun you know I enjoy I enjoy that part of the business I enjoy walking a journey with people and um if you speak to anyone that's been in the industry they'd say it's quite difficult starting out because you, you work 100% commission. So that's a, that's a big difference from being in res. So you gotta, you got to grind it out. You gotta, um, I spoke to one of my mentors. He's a um, very big financial advisor. Actually, he stays in Stellenbosch. And he says he loves the fact that it sort of takes you back to that year of being a caveman, you know? If you don't, if you don't kill, you don't eat. Yeah. And especially as men, I found like that, that gets me going. I'm mm. not going to lie. Like, you know, you get up in the morning, you're like, I need to make this happen. And, and that is, that is, that is insane. And I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. Um, but in terms of moving from Ian Rach into the working space, I think that's the big thing. The harder you work, the more you get. I think it's perhaps because it's hundred percent commission. So there's no, there's no cap in terms of salary. So the more I put in, the more I get out. Um, obviously, with having that opportunity comes the negative. You could earn nothing. So so you take the big risk to get the big gains. But at the end of the day, we are in the investment space. So might as well live it fully. And um, yeah, I think it's a lot of meaning to be had. So, you know, it's a season for everything and enjoy studying. But I think everyone's going to enjoy getting into the working space, you know, mastering your craft, becoming a master in, in art, essentially. Um, and then leveraging that for the benefit of other people. I think there's a lot of meaning to be found in that. Wow. I, I think I can really see why you got the job. I mean, no lie about that. And uh, I'm pretty sure even your boss is listening. is like, yep, that, that's our boy. That's, that's him right there. Shout out to, you know, your business. And now you are even treasurer uh, last year. And uh, this was even during the COVID times. Yes. You know, and uh, you're coming. insane experience. Yeah. And I... If I'm correct, you had you were even coming in with uh, a huge debt that was from we the did. previous years. We did. Uh, yeah. So how was that like? Um, would you say it was a beneficial experience in some sense? And uh, yeah, how was that like? It was a very beneficial experience because you can imagine being a second year in a, in, a, in a men's race. You don't really know what life's about, hey? You yeah. know, you're having fun with your mates, you're playing quaddies, you're going to class a lot less than you should. You're having a good time. It is Stellenbosch at the end of the day. 
And now you you sort of overnight thrust into this position where you're like, okay, backs against the wall, we've got all this debt, write this plan, boom, COVID. Two biggest income generating activities is like off the table. Mm. Ooh, what do we do now? That was essential to the plan. And having to to plan and replan and structure and restructure, I think I learned a lot of things um, about myself. Um, it built a lot of character. And I'm reaping a lot of benefit currently, I must say. Because what we did was some amazing things. For example, I had to restructure the entire finance structure because we had um, a way of doing things that was very rigid. Um, and essentially, the treasurer or financial manager per se was doing work that he could outsource. Because you can think if you're not dealing with paperwork, it's cool and get things done, but that's why we're in the position. You need to be strategizing. I needed to get that off my plate so that I can actually sit and see okay, what, what is in play. How can we generate money? How can we generate enough money so that we can keep Yandrach running but also pay off debt? How can we, where can we save money? So what I then did is I got a, a team of some competent guys underneath me to do a lot of the work but also outsource a lot of the work. And my time was literally just managing them and strategizing. See where can we cut costs? Who can we go to to get funding? And that reaped a lot of benefits. At the end of the day, I could cut a lot of our debt, um, that which we could not... Um, get away from per se we got funding for or we we cut funding other places to channel the funds to pay off the debt keep the house running and um, get a good base for the current house committee to move forward and i think having done that was a very meaningful experience um, and it also contributed to me then leaving res instead of as one does studying four five six years mm. uh, not a lot of guys these days after three years step into the marketplace but having had that experience you know you can't just go back to studying That's so true. so i knew knew i had to had to risk it how to step out there and uh, if it wasn't for that experience i perhaps would not be where i am today wow wow and i believe even now you know you're just speaking about the whole role of being treasurer it's always a daunting task which i find that you know you did very well from what i've seen over the budgets you know i've been looking at and been like yeah we have cut a huge debt over it so props to you on that and Thank you. yeah and now, um, so now you're working at Hereford. Yes, Indeed. I said that correct. There we go. <laughs> um, so your role is a financial planner and uh, you meet up with clients yes, and uh, you talk their finances. But to get like a really bigger perspective of exactly what you do, what is that exactly? Okay, so as a financial planner, exactly as it says, we assist in planning regarding your finances. Um, and with my understanding of what we're doing, I think it's essential for everyone to have a financial planner. Some call it a financial advisor. But essentially, how we would go around that process is we start with what we call wealth protection. So that would be your insurance, so life cover, income protection, disability, critical illness. Because you can imagine, obviously, these numbers I'm throwing out here is just for, um, for example, purposes. And it's not you know, to be taken uh, too seriously. But <laughs> let's say, for example, you get a million rands worth of cover for 200 bucks, mm. okay? So now someone's like, I don't want to pay for that. But in 10 months, that 200 rand premium would have been 2,000 rand, mm. okay? If you then get a payout, something happens, which then triggers the insurance, you paid 2,000 rand for that company to then pay you a million. Mm. So obviously it works, it's sort of like a flip of a coin because with my clients, I never want them to claim. But as I always tell them, in the event of a claim, last thing I want them to worry about is money. Mm. 
for example, disability cover. You need to be disabled to claim. If one of my clients is in a car crash or something happens for them to be disabled, it is a stressful experience in itself. Yeah. I mean, your whole life is turned upside down. Last thing I want for them is to worry about money. Mm. So we take care of that. Also, with the wealth protection, it sort of protects your dreams as well. Because for a lot of my clients, I was sitting with a, with a guy today and um, we set up various investments, you know, investment structure to pay for his labola, his wedding, the ring, you know. Mm. We were getting the things done because you don't just in invest. You want more money, but at the end of the day, there's a goal to it. And for him to now, for example, not have that wealth protection, if something was to happen and he gets medical bills, as one does when these things happen, yeah. he would then have to use that investment. So what means is when the time comes, he doesn't have the money to pay La Bola, can't buy the ring, mm. can't pay the wedding. So that wealth protection essentially is protecting your dream. Ah. So, so I find a lot of value in the insurance part of it. And then obviously as soon as your wealth is protected, that's about 10% of what we do. It's never the majority. We just want to mitigate all the risk. And then we move into the investment side of things. And then we can have some fun. You know, having started investments, yeah. I enjoy that a lot. So there's, I don't think we have enough time to cover everything. <laughs> but the basics, obviously looking at liquidity, you need to have cash on hand. Some things we're looking long term, you can fix. Um, there's no benefit in putting all your money in the asset market and then you can't buy groceries. So <laughs> to, to put it bluntly, so you want to have different investment vehicle sums that, that, that is available when you need them. We want to look at taxation because I always tell people, why do you want to make returns if we can save tax? Mm, I mean, that's yeah. in, the, in the bank. You just pay less tax. So we look at that and then after, obviously, you want the returns as well. Um, and then we go into stuff like a big word thrown around is diversification. So now I'm like, cool, you need to diversify your portfolio. Okay. And people, all, everyone would say this because it's like, sort of like a buzzword, if I can yeah, call it yeah, that. But if, if you get into it, you need different asset classes in different industries, in different countries. And I mean, for that, you need, you need a financial planner because mm -hmm. it gets quite intricate. Um, running the numbers, letting you know how much do you need to, to contribute to get to your goals in terms of the financial planning with the investment side. We would sit down, you would say to me what you want per se, how much you want to invest, and then I go back and based on what you need and what you want, plus my expertise, I then come back with a financial plan, which would say, this is the investment vehicle, this is the funds, this is the timeline, this is how we, how we run it. Um, and that is essentially then how we go with that process. Also, things could include budgeting. I help a lot of my clients with budgeting. And, <coughs> sorry, from there... I always tell my clients, it is what you make of it. So if you have a financial decision or you want some advice, you pick up the phone, I can help you out. Um, but if you don't call me, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am pretty sure as they come that if you're not my financial plan in the next coming years, I have made the greatest mistake of my life probably. There's no denying it. And even you who are listening, if he's not your financial planner, then you're making a big mistake. So now, even like coming down to our level now, mm -hmm. I'm we're in university and even the most people who listen to us are also in university and we have that university budget you know anything above 500 rands you cry <laughs> you want to be able to pop bottles in the club but it, that's not going to happen you know mm. just what mm. you're done for the whole month probably mm. so are there ways for even us to be able to get in this investing or it's not even like ah, you know what wait work a bit save some money then we can start 100%. I think the minimum investment we do is 500 rand a month, Ooh. which you could be like, oh, it's a bit much. But I think it's, if, if you scrape around with the budget, you'd see you'd be able to get 500 rand a month out there, even yeah. as, a, as a student. I know I definitely could, not because um, 
I had a lot of money, but because I spent it on some stupid <laughs> stuff, as we all do. Yeah, um, so I think I think you definitely can invest at a minimum of five hundred rand a month. But also, it's a good time to cultivate some discipline. As I mentioned, a lot of people have big salaries, but they don't save, they don't invest. So, for example, do you draft a budget? Do you stick to it? Mm. Do you save? Even if it's just 100 bucks. Because um, at the end of the day, when you step into the working world, having cultivated that discipline, it's going to make it a lot easier to invest or to save or to stick to a budget um, when it's actually, as one could say, like the real thing. Because now you actually need to start looking at these things more intently, saving and investing. So I think it's a good time for, for young guys to, to cultivate discipline, especially. Oh, so even I, you know, I, I, I can also maybe acquire, you know, having to reduce maybe me going out restaurants and clubs or whatever. I think I can, you know, get like 500. So I can actually start investing with 500. 100%. So yeah. if you would, would you say if, if you go out, how much money do you spend? One evening. There are a lot of factors. Who am I going out <laughs> with? Is there a go involved? Is there no go involved? I mean, there are factors, but... You mean you're a generous man. Yeah. You're not you going to let yeah. the lady pay for her own drink, you know yeah. what I mean? So, so, so let's say, for, for argument's sake, 500 rand. Yeah. You, you, you spend an evening. So obviously, you're not going out once a month. Yeah. So let's say you go out one evening less a month. Mm. 500 bucks. 12 months in a year, that's 6K in the year. Yeah. Let's say it averages out at 10%, that's 6.6K a year. Now you've got six and a half thousand rand, and all you did is once a month, you're like, okay, Amazing. let me exercise some discipline. It's not a major step. Yeah. And obviously that snowballs. Um, so I think it would be prudent. I mean, at the end of the day, if you, if you do that for three, four, five years, you're then going to step out of Aussie where you have a 70, 80, 90K which is very much needed. Yeah, definitely. So, so I, definitely. And, and if you draw it back, obviously having done the arithmetic now, you can see how it grows. But if you were to bring that back to your first year and put it on the table and say, okay, you can go out once a month more than you would, or you can have 80K when you walk out of here, mm. I think it is, it, that puts it into perspective. And I think that's part of the problem. We don't do that. Yeah. We're just like, ah, oh, it's 500 bucks. Yeah. I mean, but it's 500 bucks now. Mm. So, so that's sort of the, the thinking. A lot of the work that I do also is to chat with my clients about their perception. So they would like be stuck in one way of thinking. And I would, for example, now do the arithmetic and be like, well, if we spend that money every month over so many years at this percentage, this is what it's actually costing you. And then people go, oof, okay, mm. maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Um, so I think changing how you think about things definitely help how you then approach your, your finances. Wow. Well, expect my call anytime soon. Definitely. Uh, I think I also want to be walking out of this university with some five digits or four digits, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, earlier this year, I don't know if you know about the game store. Uh, the stocks were going up, they were going up and up for quite a long time. And, you know, I would watch like CNN, BBC, and I would just be wondering what exactly is happening. As far as I'm concerned, GameStop makes, movie, makes games and that's all the ones they play. But now you even have even Forex uh, traders even emerging. You see them and it's actually paying off. Would you also advise us to get into that? Or, you know, I, it, it's, it's a bit more, you need more knowledge into it, which I, I do believe you need to have. But do you think we should get into it? Or is it just one of those quick, rich, get scheme things? Okay, so I'm going to firstly give you my opinion as, as an FN, what I think in that sphere. And then... Yeah objectively what like if we were to put it on the table what do i think about everything so 
as a financial advisor, I think you could obviously get into those things yourself, but I think you need an FA. The reason for that is if you think about life, you have a specialist for everything. Yeah. Call it what you want. Teeth, dentist, back, chiropractor, all medical, doctor, uh, legal, so lawyer. And how do you pay a specialist? With money. Mm. How many people have a specialist for their money? Mm. So if you think about that, a lot of people, you don't have a specialist to look after the thing that you pay all your other specialists with. So, you, you yeah, know, that's, that's a different that's way of true. thinking about it. So that's, that's why I think you need an FA. And then my approach always is unit trust based. So having, having a lot of different companies that you're investing. So you could stock pick, for example, which you go, okay, I'll pick one of them. For example, GameStop was doing well. Um, not going to go into the gist of it because that's um, a long conversation. Yeah. Um, but if you, for example, invest in one company with us now sitting in Stellenbosch, the most used examples by all of our lecturers, especially in the investment faculty, is Steinhoff. So Steinhoff is doing really well. You put all your money there because, you know, it's booming. Yeah. I want to make big bucks. It then implodes. All your money has gone. So that's why I would not go that route. As a financial advisor, we always look at investing in a in a, um, in a fund that has multiple units in different companies. So if one was to go bankrupt, you don't even feel it because the spread is so wide that you're investing in top quality companies, a number of them, that collectively from those returns, your funds then grow. Um, I think if we were to look at all those things, um, as I said, like objectively now, I mean, there's money to be made everywhere. Yeah. I think the way you go about it is different, being, being forex, stock picking, or just investing. I think the easiest way to do it and most low risk is like I just said, you know, with mutual funds and you invest in a lot of companies through, through that fund. Um, there's definitely more money to be made with stock picking, but there's more risk to be had. Because, for example, think about it in this way. You need to be... A, let's say you need to be an investment specialist because okay. obviously you analyze the things. You're just not going to randomly pick one. Yeah. Then you need to pick the right stock. You need to buy at the right time and then you need to sell at the right time. Mm. So that's a lot of variables. And then you need to do that continuously. Yes. Do I have the time now? Exactly. So, yeah. so that puts it in perspective. So I think most money is to be made in obviously only buying the stock that booms and then you get all those returns. But that's the thing. We don't always know which ones those are going to yeah. be. So also then, if you invest in a company that you think is going to boom and it implodes and all your money's gone. So I would not I would not advise that. I would say if you have a solid base, we're investing in some mutual funds with investing into a lot of companies. You've got your financial structure. We have a plan and you have some extra money. By all means, have a crack at it. But I think it's a very bad place to start. Okay. Okay. And you talk about having a financial advisor now. Um, I'm totally hooked on it. You know, I need a specialist for that, for this, even for my money. So someone in my position, I'm dealing with a uni budget. Can mm -hmm. I have a own financial advisor or rather I should, you know, have at least a bit more with, to work with, then I can start approaching you. I think you could, you could have one. So for example, for me, if we're doing consulting, me helping you set up the investment, that's not going to cost you anything. Then in terms of the fee structure, you have three different fees. So you've got an upfront fee percentage, which currently I'm not charging any upfront fees. Then you've got your initial recurring. So let's say that's 1%. That 1% of every monthly payment goes to your FA. Okay. So that's also zero. And then determining on the returns we're targeting with your investment, I'll then just take an ongoing charge. So you'll then pay me ongoing for the returns that I make you. So let's say that's 0 0.75 and the fund does 20.75. You can see that majority is going to you. Yeah. Okay, so it's a win-win. Um, 
I think for me to turn people away would be that would be pride. <laughs> um, to be like, oh, it's not enough money for me. But I think I'm in the game to help people. So anyone, I mean, if you only want to invest 500 bucks a month, I'm not going to charge you to to give you some advice. So we can definitely have a look at that. If anyone, I mean, if anyone in, in the res is is keen on that, I'm still in time in my career where I definitely have a bit of free time. Yeah. No, no wife, no kids. So if the, guy, <laughs> if, the if the boys need some help, I'm here for it. Um, yeah, but I think it's something you can definitely look into. Well, in my culture, they say if the palm of your hand start itching, it's because money's on the way. And my palms are itchy, you know. And that's what I'm just gonna say on that. Now, but that that's interesting, you know. That that's actually quite interesting. And you know, as I was saying, that it's amazing to have you, uh, especially you, in the type of position you are in, because you were saying you then went on straight after your bachelor's, straight into the marketplace. You didn't even do honors or postgrad. And uh, you were saying that it was the risk that you took, and would you do it again? Hundred mm. percent. I think I think it's worth it. Um, I say in terms of just enjoying life, I'm enjoying life a lot more. Having that risk element definitely gets me going. And I mean, in terms of studying, you know, I'm def- I'm starting with my studies again um, next year in property investment and development, looking to go on to then after that doing my postgraduate in the financial planning sometime. So it's not something that's that's ending, you know, your your initial studying period is not set in stone. You can you can study while you're working. But I think you also have need to analyze yourself, where am I in life? Am I ready to step out? Because it could be overwhelming. But obviously knowing myself, also with the experiences I had beforehand, I thought it was the right time. Mm. And based on that I made the decision to step out. Okay. And uh you also had to learn during COVID times last year. And uh you know, as I ask around, you know, you ask around Oh, how's it going? How this has these one two words probably just come up. I'm surviving. That that's it. There's no I'm thriving. There's no I'm doing well. I'm just surviving. So now you have completed uh, your bachelor's and now you're working. What advice would you give us? You know to be able to push through, to be able to say you know what there's actually light at the end of the tunnel. Because sometimes you know it's it's looking foggy and you're like yo where mm. am I actually going with this? Mm. And maybe I'm in the position that you are in just in November. Well, I'm still thinking, do I really want a nine to five stuck in a day job or do I want to be the one who's out there, you know, in that position? hundred percent, hundred percent. I think pushing through in terms of studying now, um, I always tell myself, what if it could turn out better than you ever believed it could? Mm. Um, you have to stay positive. I think that was key to, to studying through lockdown. Um, the other thing is discipline. There's no going, getting around discipline. You need yeah. to be disciplined. And I think with stepping out, a big thing for me was knowing that as an FA, it's it's 100% commission. It's flexible. I can work as much as I want to. I can take off when I want to. Obviously, you don't chill all the time because then you don't earn. But having that flexibility, I'm also in a season of my life where I want to perhaps, I want to be working 60, 70 hours a week. It's not something I'm going to do long term. It's not something that's sustainable. But for where I am now, mm. I think it's prudent. So it comes down to a lot of factors. Obviously, like you said, now nine to five, stuck in traffic. It doesn't yeah. sound appealing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you love what you do, then that then then you can go into that. But I think for me, um, being an FA fitted like a glove. So I decided to step out. It's not it's not something I say. Oh, you have to do it. I think if you find a good opportunity, mm. don't be scared to take it. Okay. The man is all about the risk and that it's paying off as far as we can tell. And uh, as we finish now, if you don't mind me asking, where do you see yourself in like 10 or 20 years? Do you see, you see yourself working at Hereford, hopefully up the ladder now, or even having your own thing, or just 
uh, financial planner still. My man, you said 10 and 20. I think I could achieve a lot in 10, but in 20, <laughs> yo, that would be, I think, a lot more. So you, you'd have to say, let's say, let's say 10 years. Okay. Um, obviously, starting my studies in property investment and development next year, see myself having my own property development firm. I'll still be in, in the Hereford group, maybe as the mentor and a shareholder, bringing some younger guys through sounds weird saying that because i'm only 22 <laughs> but i mean in 10 years there's, there's going to be be some bright young guys um as we know living in res you see so much potential around you so there, there are going to be guys that are coming through assist them as i most definitely needed assistance and still do um happily married mm. with with a few kids love say son and two daughters that would be amazing praise the lord and um just really content adding value to my community i want to be i want to be a man that is working hard, that is being blessed, that is reaping the fruits of that which he has planted and um, being generous with that as well because mm -hmm. there's a lot of need in our country. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done yeah. and I'm um, looking forward to doing my fair share of helping the, the country and the community. Mm, amazing words. You know, service with money or money with service. Whichever it is, he might be running for president one day. You heard him. Uh, in the wise words of Cardi B, all I want is money and how can I not after this, surely. And uh, uh, just to wrap up now, Schnitzel Wednesday or Burger Fridays? My man, you can't get past the Inner Snitchel. Oh my days. You can't. That is the one thing, my man, you, you would know. There was never a hardcore meeting like the hardcore meeting when they moved snitchels from Thursday to Wednesday. <laughs> I, I tell you, my man. Because now you're like, yo, that was like, that was like a thing. You know, the boys would... For example, you get to third year and you're like, ah, raise food, my man, I'm so yeah. over it. Yeah. No matter where, you could be chilling at Fat Butcher all week. Not that I'd do that, I've never been. But you would still book the, <laughs> the snitchel at the end of It is the best meal. So, yeah. Okay, okay. So the man still knows his stuff. He has left up, but he still knows his stuff. Thank you for having us, Rowan. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor. And uh, looking forward to maybe assisting some guys that think they have the need for it. Yeah, definitely, I'll be coming through.